This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 178, Comic Doc, DC Marvel solicitations for our September 2014. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 178. It's our Comic Talk episode looking at the solicitations for DC and Marvel for September 2014. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Unfortunately, uh, this month it's just me, but hopefully next month we'll be able to have AJ Reese join us, join us again for uh, the October solicitations. Uh, so these came out, I think, just about two weeks ago now. Um, so I thought we'd just dive right in as to everything that's coming in September. Now, DC stuff, Now, I, from previous episodes, usually what I do is I go through the uh, the solicitation kind of that have been posted at Newsarama um, for DC and Marvel. Now, this time, the, because... Uh, DC kind of revealed their Features End um, September kind of one-shots early. Um, the post, I'm, I'm going to talk about them first, which I think I did in the last episode, but in case I didn't, and I forgive me for not remembering, um, May 16th, there's a, a post, DC reveals creative lineups for September's Features End titles. I'm going to go through those very quickly. Um, it, 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 uh, they make a little bit more sense now that we've had more of uh, New 52 Features End actually Happening, so now we can kind of get a greater sense as to what, where these one shots are going to be about. Uh, there's 41 of these Futures End tie-ins. Um, I think that's just way too many, to be honest. I think it's these one of those things that I like that they're kind of one shot nature, more or less. But they're tied into an event that, or a weekly event that, to be honest, I'm not really digging all that much. I don't find it that interesting, and it, I, it, I hate to say it doesn't matter, but the bot, the, the long and the short of it, as much as comic book fans can say that they want a good story because ultimately that's what we want we want a good story with our you know our favorite characters uh or even enough favorite characters in some cases we want to be able to read really great stories that may even introduce us to new characters that will become our favorites that's idealistically that's what we want as comic book readers that being said that's the ideal we're also not uh, also the ideal would be to pay 10 cents for an issue but that's not what we're doing we're paying you know Two ninety nine, three ninety nine for an issue, or maybe even more in some cases. So, given the you know the economics of the business, uh, we want to feel like the issues count, which I know is an archaic kind of feeling, but ultimately it, that's kind of the way we've been raised on comics as the continuity became more important. Marvel obviously did that first, and then DC really took it to heart as well. And the whole idea of continuity and books mattering and and kind of making an impact on the shared continuity became a thing. And then, somewhere along the line, Marvel especially, at times there's books that just don't seem to really fit into any shared continuity, or they're not referencing the old continuity anymore. So it's just, each thing is kind of, it's a fresh new take. Um, now, in something like Future's End, it's very unique in certain ways, because it's a, it's, a, it's a weekly series set five years in the future of the current DCU. Well, you know, again, it's not a bad idea for a story... This is what could be happening in a few years. Now, that being like we've had those before. Kingdom Come was the future of the DC universe. It was never actually particularly meant to be that. It had to be the future, but for a while, DC kind of positioned its books to feed up to leading as if they were going to lead to that that future of the Kingdom Come future. Um, so here, like they have the the current books, which at times feel like they're not really coexisting in a shared universe. I mean. Not, not, again, you don't want them to constrain themselves when it comes to writing stories just to fit into continuity, but if you think about it, like, all the stuff that's happening after Forever Evil now and Superman being infected, like, it's these big things which are kind of feeling insulated. So then you have this storyline that's all about this this potential future that may or may not even happen. And then, so that's enough. And so you're going to have, let's say it's 40 issues. Like, it's not running a full year, but let's say it, it runs for 40-something issues. That's a long that's a long haul. That's a lot of books. So now into the mix you're gonna throw forty one one shots that tie into this universe. I'm kinda wondering, are they actually gonna fit into like it's kinda like last year with Villains Month, like a lot of those just kinda took place. They didn't necessarily take place at a fixed period in time. Some of them were like flashbacks, like it was just kinda it was an interesting experiment because you had the villains take over and that's that's your hook. Here it's here's where the characters could be in five years. But are these books going to, in some way, get incorporated into the New 52 uh, Future's End kind of uh, continuity? Because that's my concern there, is that you have this weekly series that's charting out this continuity, and now we're jumping ahead five years for certain characters who may or may not have already appeared in the main book, and it just seems like a, a, an interesting 
not an endeavor I would have done, but I mean, it's definitely taking a shot. And they're returning the uh, 3D uh, motion covers, although they are very optional. Uh, so we have Action Comics Futures End number one. I almost wish that they didn't have the number one because it's a one shot. We're not meant to have any more than that, but whatever. As far as I know, anyway. Technically, we haven't seen October solicitations, so maybe they're just going to switch over to this. Uh, it's by Sholy Fish. So, again, he's not the regular writer on Action Comics, although he has, I think, written some of the issues. Um, Aquaman, the others, Features End. I, li- I love Dan Jurgens. He's writing the regular book, so that's at least a vote of confidence there. Also, it's written, it's uh, illustrated by Sean Chen, one of my favorite artists, so that's, I mean, I'm in for that one. Uh, and then the Aquaman Features End is also written by Dan Jurgens. Um, I gu- I'm, I'm guessing we're going to kind of see either these two books kind of coinciding because he's writing both or maybe taking a different um, look around it, like a different perspective of the same events. Who knows? But interested because it's Dan Jurgens. Uh, Backroll Hers is written by, uh, by Gail Simone. So let's see what happens. I don't know how I like uh, Barbara Gordon being uh, the Black Beast. Uh, she's part Batman, part Bane, but at least that sounds interesting and intriguing. So I'm, I don't know who Yave Garon is, who's the penciler, but I'm interested in that. Uh, Batman and Robin, Future's End, written by Ray Fox, who he's not the regular writer on Batman and Robin, but I think he's been involved in some of the planning for Future's End. So, again, that's not such a bad thing. And Dustin Wynn, I do enjoy his artwork sometimes, so that could be good. Uh, Batman, Future's End, is written by Scott Snyder and Ray Fox. Again, they're, uh, Ray Fox is contributing to Future's End, and Scott Snyder is the Batman writer, so that's not a bad idea. I don't know who Echo is, but that should be interesting. Um... Uh, Batman Superman is written by Greg Pak. Howard Porter on art. I do like Howard Porter. Um, I'm not as huge a fan of Greg Pak on Batman Superman, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, Batwing, Future's End. Um, I'm interested to see what this is going to be like, because it's by Palmiotti and Gray. I do like Eduardo Pensica. Uh I like the Luke Fox story, so I'm interested to see where they go with it. Uh, Batwoman, I probably won't be picking this up. That, but uh, I do like that it's by Mark and Draco. Again, the same writer of the regular book, so that at least makes me feel better about some of these one-shots. Uh, Birds of Prey, Future's End by Christy Marks. I'm actually not going to say Future's End after a while, because they're all Future's End. So we got Birds of Prey, uh, Booster Gold. Now this one I'm super excited for, uh, just to see Booster Gold again. Uh, and yes, I know technically he was in the All-Star Western, but I didn't read that, so I haven't seen him since Justice the International Annual, which was really good, by the way. Uh, it's written by Jan Jurgens, who I guess co-wrote. No, he was writing him in Justice League International. He's the creator of the characters, so I'm fine with that. A lot of artists, so I'm a little curious about that. Uh, although at least Mark Ron Friends is one of them, that should be exciting. Brett Booth, not a huge fan. Uh, we have Cat Catwoman by Sholy Fish, Patrick O'Leaf on uh, pencils. I do like O'Leaf. I'm not a big fan of Fish, but we'll see. Uh, Constantine by Fox and Ferreira. Um, it's interesting that they're, I guess, is this the first time we're, we're hearing mention of the Helmet of Fate in the proper DC Universe and not the New 52? Because that is intriguing. Uh, Detective Comics, it's by Manipole and Bucciolato, although it is uh, illustrated by Scott Hepburn, so that's, I'm not as excited because it's not going to be the, the regular art level. But it should be interesting, uh, Batman and Riddler. Um, Earth 2 features end, so uh, you got, now I'm, it sounds like we're going to see... Maybe a little bit of what's been going on with Michael Holt. Don't know who Daniel H. Wilson is, although I do like Eddie Burrows. He's a great artist. Um, Flash Features End. Again, Venditti and Van Jensen are the uh, the current regular writers who are doing the uh, the uh, writing here. And it's illustrated by Brett Booth. So it's really just another book. Um, should be interesting because it doesn't even sound like a Features End book. It just says it's the final showdown between the Flash and his future self for control of the Speed Force. That doesn't sound like a Future's End book. That just sounds like a regular issue. So I'm interested to see if that's legitimately what it's going to be about. Uh, then we got Grayson, Future's End. I think this is too early. The book is, I mean, by the... It's, what, launching July? So you're going to have two issues out, and then you're going to rebrand it and do a feature five years from now? That I'm not so sure about. Uh, Tom King should be well-written, but we'll see. Um, Green Arrow, Future's End... So he's dead, so I guess we're going to see who takes on. Uh, Jeff Lemire is the writer, so again, he's the current writer on Green Arrow. I'm interested to see his take on it, uh, because when we saw Green Arrow die, he looked not really anything like 
the current Green Arrow from the New 52. So it should be interesting. Uh, Green Lantern Features End by Venditti. And I don't know who Marco Martin Cocolo is. We're seeing a lot of new artists that I've never heard of. Maybe not new, but just ones I don't find have this any real level of name recognition for me. Uh, Green Lantern Corps by Van Jensen. So again, I like that. The, although, I look at his uh, description of this issue for uh, Green Lantern Corps Features End. John Stewart makes a fateful decision. Will he choose to take his last shot at redemption? Or will he pull the trigger and kill any chance of a life worth living in the name of saving the core? I'm sorry. This sounds like every John Stewart story of like the last seven years. Yawn. Uh, Green Lantern New Guardians. Uh, that's by Justin Jordan, Dio Neves, and Art. Uh, Harley Quinn by Anna Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti with uh, Chad Harden and Art. Looks like they're going to get married to Harley Quinn and Joker. Uh, Infinity Man and the Forever People, Dan DiDio and Philip Tan. I like Philip Tan. Not always sure what to make of Dan DiDio as a writer, and I thought Keith Giffen was writing the regular title with him, so I'm interested in why he's not writing the Future's End book. Uh, Justice League Future's End by Jeff Lemire. Um, and it looks like this is a crossover. So between Justice League Future's End, Justice League Dark Future's End, and Justice League United Future's End. Um, so that's kind of... In- Actually, sorry, I take it back. Justice League Dark is not part of that. It's just Justice League and Justice League United. Jeff Lemire writing both. Jed Doherty doing pencils on both. That's interesting. Um, we'll see if that's... I mean, it could be interesting. It absolutely could be. Uh, Justice League Dark, Future's End by Jam DeMatteis. I like DeMatteis. Uh, new Suicide Squad, another book that's going to be fresh, very new, and already gets a Future's End tie-in. Sean Ryan and Andre Coelho. I uh, got Red Hood and the Outlaws by Scott Lobdell and Scott Collins on the art. That should be interesting. Um, and and uh, that could be interesting. I definitely... A lot of these things could be interesting, but I don't know. Like, Red Lanterns by Sewell and Califuori. I love Califuori. Where's he been? Oh, I'm glad he's on this title, so I'll, I'll definitely be giving that a read. Although, Blue Lantern, Blue Guy Gardner. Well, that sounds messed up. Uh, you got Sinestro, Future Zen by Colin Bunn and Igor Lima. I like what Bun's doing with it. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie. I'm probably not going to read this, I'll be honest. Uh, Superboy. Probably not going to be reading this either. Uh, oh, Khan vs. His Clones. Uh, Supergirl by Tony Bedard. So I'm interested to see what this is like. Now, I did not read the Cyborg Superman Villains United... Sorry, Villains Month tie-in. So I had no idea that her father was Cyborg Superman. What? I, I The New 52 makes my head hurt. Uh, Superman Future Zen by Dan Jurgens and Lee Weeks. Or is it is it the Lee Weeks I, I know of and I'm thinking of? Because it says Lee L. Weeks, and it makes me think, is it a different L. Lee Weeks? Uh, but we'll, we'll see what that's like. Although, the description, there's a new, much darker Superman proud in the streets of Metropolis, but who exactly is he? Is it 1992? Or, sorry, 93? Is this this like Superman with the visor? Because he was supposed to be this darker Superman prowl in the streets and then incinerating people. Um, and it's Dan Jurgens. so again, is it 1993? Uh, you got Superman Wonder Woman Features End by, uh, Sewell and Rainey. Oh, I like Rainey, so that's, that could be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna give that a read. Uh, Swamp Thing by, uh, Sewell and Saez. Uh, that could be interesting. I don't know what's going on with this book, and this is five years later, so who even knows? But the description is interesting. The avatars of the green, red, and gray... Go to war with the avatars of bacteria and metal. What? All right, I'm intrigued, so I'm probably going to give this a read. Uh, Teen Titans features end. Um, eh. With the Teen Titans dead, a new group of young heroes seek justice, blah, blah, blah. That sounds kind of boring. Uh, Trinity of Sin, Pandora. Don't care. <laughs> I feel bad, but I just I, I can't bring myself to care. Same thing with Phantom Stranger. Uh, Wonder Woman's by Sewell. Man, he's writing a lot of books this month. And Rags Morales on art. That should be cool. And then, lastly, we have World's Finest Features End Number 1 by Paul Levitz and Neil deray Sinar, um, with Power Girl breaking into Cadmus Island to free Huntress. Uh, I thought they were back on Earth, too, but interesting. Anyway, and then if we look back at the uh, June 16th posting at DC Comics Full September 2014 solicitations, it has all the other stuff that's not part of those 41 books, including The Multiversity, The Society of Superheroes, Conquerors of the Counterworld, number one, by Grant Morrison, with artwork by Chris Browse and Carl Story. Yeah, I'm going to be reading this. I don't know about it. It's going to have five covers. It's a $5 issue, 48 pages. Um, it acts as the chapter two of the overall Multiversity storyline. I'm going to give it a shot. It, I'm, it sounds crazy weird and 
but also fun. So, you know, absolutely. Call me, count me in for Multiversity. Uh, we have the new 52 Features End, because it's the, you know, actual weekly book that's running, um, which we're going to learn more about Cadmus Island, uh, Batman Beyond making a, a move on Terrifitech, um, Lois trying to unravel the last startling secrets of the package, and uh, discovering what happened with the war with Earth 2, as uh, the new weekly is going to start it soon, which is World's End, and, and uh, so that should be interesting. Batman Eternal plods onwards, which I am enjoying. Um, so we have the Architect involved, Catwoman's Secret Past, um, and some, she's going towards Blackgate. She has to figure out her place in the natural order of crime. Spoiler against her dad uh, for the fate of Gotham City. And uh, will Bat- can Batman stop the march towards martial law? Um, the artists for Batman Eternal in September include uh, George Lucas, who I do enjoy, Dustin Wynn and Derek Friedolfs, Andy Clark, and R.M. Guerra. So I know most of them, and I think that's going to be a, a good month. Uh, then we have Superman Unchained number 9, as it's finally ending um, by Scott Snyder and Jim Lee. I, As far as I know, I don't think this book has any momentum. Like This started like over a year ago. Uh, it's just going to get to issue 9 in September. It's been re-solicited a number of times. I mean, alright, whatever. Uh, Teen Titans Earth 1, Volume 1, so it's a new graphic novel. Um, personally, I don't think it interests me at all. It's by Jeff Lemire, artwork by Terry Dodson, Rachel Dodson, and Cam Smith. Uh, you have uh, the digital first books, including Sensations Comics featuring Wonder Woman, number 2, Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet, number 4, uh, Adventures of Superman 17, which is the final issue. You have Batman 66, number 15, uh, Infinite Crisis, Fight for the Multiverse, number 3, Batman Beyond Universe, number 4, Injustice, Gods Among Us, year 2, number 12, which is the final issue of that. Uh, you have Injustice, Gods Among Us, year 2, number 11, um, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, 17, Legends of the Dark Knight, 100-page Super Spectacular, number 4, these are all, again, digital firsts, Smallville, season 11, Chaos, number 2, uh, Scribble Knots on Mass, A Crisis of Imagination, number 9, and uh, etc., uh, trade-wise, there's the hardcover of Aquaman Volume 5. Uh, there's the Zero-Year Secret City storyline finally coming out in trade for Batman. Uh, Batman Superman Volume 2 Endgame hardcover, uh, which collects... Uh, actually, for a minute it looked like it only collected like two issues. It's collecting, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight issues, so that's not too bad. Well, it's $25, though. Uh, Batman and Robin Volume 5 The Big Burn hardcover. I think I might pass on this when it comes out in trade, because... It's not really part of Tomasi's real ongoing kind of storyline. Well, it just kind of plugs time before he goes back to the whole Rosal Ghoul and uh, Damian Wayne kind of well. Uh, you got uh, Batman Detective Comics Volume Five Gothopia. I would pass on this. It was not very interesting. Uh, Green Arrow Volume Five: The Outsiders War Trade Paperback. That's uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Earth Two Volume Three Battle Cry Trade Paperback comes out. That's the uh, that's actually coming out in October. Uh, actually, all these trades are coming out in October. It's in the sele- September solicits, though. It's the last issues that were done by James Robinson before he left the book. Uh, Green Lantern Volume 4, Dark Days, trade paperback. Uh, they have the Justice League 3000, first trade paperback. Uh, new trades for Wonder Woman, Trinity of Sin, Pandora, Suicide Squad, and uh, there's a Teen Titans a Celebration of 50 Years hardcover, 400 pages. Uh, you got Gotham City Sirens Book 1. So this is the pre-New 52, uh, 13 issues of that book coming out. I love when they do this stuff. Uh, they're repackaging Batman uh, The Long Halloween as Batman Noir The Long Halloween. Um, and I believe it's... I don't know what this new noir edition means, but I think it means black and white only. I'm not... Oh yeah, it is black and white. My bad. It's $50, but it's a great book and it should be interesting. Uh, the first trade of Batman 66 uh, is coming out. Um, and a bunch of other books, including Green Arrow, Justice League Beyond, Adventures of Superman, Smallville Season 11, Volume 5, Olympus. Uh, for those who love the Premium 52 JSA, we have the JSA Omnibus Volume 2, which is massive. It's 1,488 pages. It collects issues 26 to 81, plus JSA Annual Number 1 and JSA Secret Files Number 1. That's freaking banana pants, but that's a, an amazing value. I mean, they're soliciting it for 150 bucks, but if you consider how many issues are there, pretty crazy. Uh, you got a Teen Titans Go uh, trade paperback. Tiny Titans has issue four of their Return to the Treehouse. 
etc., etc. There's a few other things, that Vertigo and for kids, etc., but I'm just not going to mention them today. Although, in September, you're at issue 144 of Fables, which actually is a nice little rhyme if you want to read it, um, you know, how, how they set up the station as it nears its finale. So that is DC for September 2014. Let's talk Marvel. So that was uh, 20 minutes, and my voice is starting to go. So this is this is a good sign. Uh, so we're looking at Marvel. We have Uncanny Avengers 24. Uh, Rick Remender is joined by Salvador La Roca. Um, and this is the march to Axis. And uh, Havoc and his team are defeated at the hands of the Sinister S-Men. We're going back to Genosha. Red Skull's there. You know what? This book really turned around. The first arc I really didn't like. And it has become such a well-done book since. It's been thrilling and... It, and the, the artists they've had on it have really turned in some amazing work. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Rick Menders just told one hell of a story. And it works, succeeds and works as both an X-Men and Avengers story. So I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you have uh, Magneto, number 9 and 10. So it's double shipping. In the March to Axis, which is uh, Magneto kind of trying to overcome the Red Skull. So this should be interesting. Colin Bunn and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta are the creative team. Uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, number six, by Al Ewing and Jorge Coelho, and it looks like it's Loki versus Doctor Doom. Could be super awesome. I'm interested to see where they go with this, um, and I like that Valeria is there as well. And it looks like this is kind of leading up to Axis as well because Loki's involved in that. I'm mean, definitely intrigued. Uh, Captain America, twenty four, the Tomorrow Soldier, Tomorrow Soldier, number three, which is the march to Axis as well. Um, which is Red Skull's involved as well, and you have Zola and and uh, unleashing hypermutates on New York. It's by Remender and Pacheco, so that's not a surprise. They're kind of the regular team right now. Uh, it's not surprising it's leading into Axis because it's Rick Remender. Uh, and then moving on with Death of Wolverine one to four. Now, holy shit, Marvel! I mean, seriously, each issue. So issue one, two, three, and four. They're all coming out in this one month. It's got four issues. Each one is $5. So it's a four-issue series, $5 an issue. So that's $20 to read this Death of the Wolverine all in this one month. So now that you know we've had all the three months, four months, whatever, to die, he's finally going to die. It's written by Charles Sewell, which is interesting because Paul Cornell wrote the all the lead-up, so I'm, I don't know why he's not writing this. Uh, Steve McDivin is doing the art, so I guess they're trying to make it really an event of some kind. Um, what's weird too is that you have issue one is 48 pages for five bucks and then pages two, issues two three and four they drop eight pages each time but they're keeping the price the same fuck off seriously like I'm sorry that's it just feels like first of all it doesn't they don't need all four issues to drop in one month if they're gonna be charging five dollars an issue I'm glad that they've raised the page count so we're getting a little bit more but don't don't quad ship don't make it a weekly book I mean first of all we all know Wolverine is going to come back not long from now because he's in too many books isn't too important to Marvel so everyone's kind of like, I don't think anyone's really excited about this like I haven't heard anyone excited about this um because it just feels like yeah okay he'll be dead and then how long till he's back like really Marvel used to surprise me sometimes I just don't find I'm surprised as much anymore and I, I think part of it's just the internet age. They can't surprise you. They need to sell books. They need to put solicits out. People are checking the solicits. They can't just say, you know, nothing. They can't just say classified. And they end up saying so much that it kind of it, there's no surprise left in comics. And then you just need to be able to read a good comic. And I'm sure that this will be good. I mean, I like Charles Sewell, although seriously, he's overworked this month. He's got so many books coming up from Marvel and DC. Um, and McNiven's an amazing artist, so I'm sure it'll look great. I'm sure it'll be a good book. I just, I object to the crass commercialism of dumping $20 worth of Death of Wolverine on everyone when everyone kind of feels like it's a foregone conclusion that he's not going to be dead and he's going to come back soon. Um, you have Superior Spider-Man 33 by uh, Christos Gage and Dan Slott with Giuseppe Camancoli on art as we continue... Uh, the fight against Karn, the man working his way through the multiverse, so maybe it's not just uh, Morlun who's going to be the big bad in Edge's, Edge of Spider-Verse. Definitely in for this. Um, I love Superior Spider-Man. I'm interested to see what this is like. Um, then we have Edge of Spider-Verse 1 of 5. Now, we're getting three issues this month um, in September. we got David Hine with Fabrice Sapol Sapolsky um, writing it, with Richard Eisenhoven on art. So, 
that's pretty cool. Um, Richard Eisenhope doing art and um, like art and cover, like that's really exciting. Um, so it's the uh, Spider-Man Noir, and uh, interested to see what David Hines going to do with it. I I can't remember if he's the original creator. I think he is. Um, so that's cool. All right, four dollars. All right. I kind of wish it was just a one shot because it's the collector mentality. They're doing these edges edge of Spider Verse, but they're all separate. As far as I know, they're all one shots. So why not just do Edge of Spider Verse, nineteen twenties, or like you know noir or something? Like I get that they're trying to sell the books, and it might be harder to sell it as a series of one shots than to do it as a mini series leading up to an event. It just it's unfortunate because like I'm not as interested. Well, I am interested in Isano. I take it back. But like, what if I'm not interested in one of these? It's harder to because of the completionist collector mentality that we're all stricken with, it's much harder to say, oh, I'm only going to get issues 1, 2, 3, and 5. What about issue 4? Well, it doesn't matter because they're all one-shots. Yeah, but now it looks weird on your shelf or on your in your collection. Uh, Edge of Spider-Verse number 2, Jason Latour writing it, Robbie Rodriguez on art, don't really know who that is, but in this universe, it wasn't Peter Parker written by the radioactive spider, but it was Gwen Stacy super pumped. I love Gwen Stacy. I love it when she's a hero. I love her in Age of Apocalypse. Her as a Spider-Man or a Spider-Character? Absolutely. That's cool. Uh, and apparently it's the seeds of Amazing Spider-Man 9 are planted here, so that could be really cool. And then we got uh, Age of Spider-Verse 3, which is uh, Dr. Aaron Eichmann, Spider-Man. Don't know what this is, but you know what? I'm excited to see that there's these different versions of Spider-Man that may not all be Peter Parker. That's pretty cool. Uh, New Avengers 24 in 8 months. Time runs out. So we jump forward 8 months in the Marvel Universe. It's by Hickman and Diodato. Yes, please. Avengers number 35. Hickman and Jim Chung. Again, time runs out. Yes, please. Now, that being said, 40 pages, $5. Really? That's a lot of $5 books so far. You've got all the Death of Wolverine ones. That's 4. You've got these two books. Um, I feel like I should start a, a tally. Like, that's a lot of extra extra books like that are all five bucks like if you're buying a lot of these titles holy crap your wallet just got hit uh avengers 34.1 so that's my other issue so you're having avengers fine but then you're throwing in a point one issue and you're charging five dollars for the point one issue now again it's 40 pages but still uh and that's why y'all doing and dale keown and art that could be exciting uh and it's all about hyperion uh, then we got Avengers World 12 and 13 by Nick Spencer with artwork by Marco Cicchetto on 12 and Rafael Iyanko on 13. Um, I feel like this book is slow. Um, like we've had a bunch of, they have almost too much going on. So you have this storyline with Morgan Le Fay, you have the Gorgon storyline, but like they're just kind of jostling for position. So you'll read an issue and then it'll be like a few issues before you go back to whatever the cliffhanger was. That was what happened with, what, issue three, and then with Shang-Chi, and then we didn't see what happened next for, like, a few issues. Like, it was kind of weird. Uh, and each one's $4, so again, it's double shipping. Uh, and we got Secret Avengers number eight. Man, I love this book. I was really behind. I hadn't read the first four issues. They were just piling up, and I finally read it, and man, it's awesome. Uh, it's really well done. I love Alice Scott's take on it. It's thematically the same as the prior one, but just a, just an extra charge. It feels like he's adding a little bit more of his own um, personality to it, and I love it. Uh, Michael Walsh on art. Uh, Avengers Undercover number 10. Uh, apparently it's over. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, it took us a bunch of issues to get to the point where they were going to infiltrate the the uh, Masters of Evil. And now it's over. Um, Ty Walker, not the regular artist, so I guess it's kind of like having a fill-in or a new artist right when it's ending. Uh, Dennis Hope was writing it, and it looks like there's not going to be anything afterwards, because it says, Be there as the character journeys that began in Avengers Academy and Avengers Arena end here. So that's unfortunate. Uh, Mighty Avengers 14, I read the original Sin tie-in, but I haven't really been reading the book otherwise. Al Ewing and Greg Land, you know, I really like the original Sin issue, so maybe there's more to this book than I realized, and maybe I shouldn't have written it off. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, number 3, by Peter David and Will, William Sleeney. I thought it was Will Sleeney before, but now it's William Sleeney. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really pumped for this. I can't really say much about where I think it's going to be going since we haven't had the first issue yet, but I'm intrigued. Uh, Amazing Spider Man number six. It's the finale of the record breaking first arc of Amazing Spider Man. Um, it's we're, we're having Silk, we're having Black Cat and Electro. It's Ramos and Slot. I'm in. And I love the, the cover that we have, it's really cool looking. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider Man number 15. Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. I'm just glad it's the proper creative team and not. 
just a fill-in team, which we did get for a couple issues, which was unfortunate. Not because they weren't good, because they were, but it just kind of ruined the, the overall flow. Uh, Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber, yeah, they're great. And I love that saying, still not cancelled, which just makes me feel like it's only a matter of time until it is. Then we have Amazing Spider-Man 1.5 by Dan Slott and Ramon Perez. Uh, Ramon Perez, I don't know how you pronou- want to pronounce it. Um, and it's the last chapter of Learning to Crawl. Uh, then we have Miles Ra- Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man number 5. And um, there's two, the Spider-Man versus each other by David Marquez and Art and Bendis writing it. I'm pumped for that. Uh, then we have All New Ultimates number 8 by Fief and Milonogianus. Wow, I probably butchered that. You know, I read like the first issue and I didn't really have a lot of interest, so I hope the book keeps going, but I feel like it's probably not going to last long cause since we've heard that I think All New FF is going to be ending like at the end of the arc, which is unfortunate because I have a bit of a soft spot for the Ultimate Universe, although really my Ultimate Universe died in an ultimatum. But I appreciate that they've kept trying to make it go along, but part of the problem is it was meant to be this continuity-free, exciting new adventure, and it started, what, 14 years ago? Like, there's been continuity now, and I th- to really be what it used to be, I, I think it kind of needs to be a clean sk- clean slate. Uh, or just have Miles, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, I kind of feel like the Ultimate Universe is take- going the way... Now, it took a lot longer and it was a lot more successful, but MC2 with Spider-Girl, I mean, originally there was A-Next and J2, and I think they all went to 12 issues, and then A-Next and J2 ended, and then you had Fantastic Five and Wild Thing. They only, I think, made five issues each. And then they were done, and then you just had Spider-Girl, and that's the way it was for years. And then they had, like, a miniseries, The Last Men Standing or whatever it was, um, Last World Standing, I forget what it was, but they had that, but other than that, like, the MCT universe was just confined to Spider-Girl. And there's nothing wrong with that. And the Ultimate Universe could just be Ultimate Spider-Man or Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, whatever they want to call it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe they're going to go that way. Uh, next up is Legendary Star-Lord by Sam Humphreys and Paco Medina. I'm really afraid that they're stretching these concepts too thin. Like, yes, people love Guardians of the Galaxy right now. People love old new X-Men right now. Do we need a Rocket Raccoon and Legendary Star-Lord uh, you know, ongoing series? Probably not. We have them in a team book. Same thing with all, all new X-Men. Did we need to have Cyclops have his own ongoing? I mean, at least he's not on Earth, so there's a specific reason why he's getting his own story. Whereas with Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon, because they're main characters in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's less reason for it. But I just I don't know if the marketplace can really support that. Um, yeah, so we'll see. And I don't like this whole Kitty Pride and, and Star-Lord thing. I, I miss the Star-Lord that we got in Abnett and Lanning's version of the Cosmic uh, Marvel Universe. Not this current version, who seems younger and a little bit more sarcastic. I preferred the the kind of, not stoic, but like de- almost depressed and pessimistic Star-Lord. He was just better. I, this isn't the Star-Lord I, I fell in love with when Abnett and Lanning brought him in. Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy 19 by Bendis and Ed McGinnis. Now this is something I'm excited for. First of all, it's Ed McGinnis. Hell yes. Second of all, it's an original Sin tie-in. That may not be a good thing, but it's all about Star-Lord, Thanos, and Nova when they were in the Cancerverse. Now, I'm super sad that it's Bendis writing it, because I still don't think he gets these characters, but we'll see. I mean, I'm scared for what it's going to tell us about Richard Rider because I loved his book as Nova so much. Uh, and I don't think there's a place for him anymore, unfortunately. I think they he was dead, and that's fine, but you don't bring back Thanos and Star-Lord and not reference him, and I love the Nova book. I love Sam Alexander, so it's not like I'm begging for Richard Rider back. I mean, they've kind of replaced him well. They He had an amazing arc. He became one hell of a hero. He became everything that he ever could have been, and then they killed him off, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just hope that they don't tarnish that legacy. Uh, and I hope that they give a fitting end to that story. Now, if they hadn't brought back Starlord and Thanos, I don't think I'd need to see the ending of that story. It was well done the way it was, but if you're going to mess with it, then you've got to show me. Um, so Rocket Raccoon has its uh, third issue. Now, this is going to sell gangbusters. First of all, Rocket Raccoon has become the big breakout character. Uh, he's obviously positioned to be the break, big breakout character of the upcoming movie. And you have Scotty Young doing the uh, the writing, the art, and the covers. like like you just printed money because uh, people are really high on Scotty Young right now and his version of uh, Rocket Raccoon is going to kill 
Uh, Inhuman number six, we've got Charles Sewell and Ryan Stegman. I actually forgot the series was even happening. I think I read the first issue and then never heard about it again. I guess Joe Madden only did, what, the first two, three issues? And now it's Stegman, so... Stegman's fantastic, so I'm excited to see what it's like. I feel like I should go back and read it. And I'm glad that they're actually using the Unspoken. I never thought we'd actually end up seeing that character again after he was used by Dan Slott. Uh, Fantastic Four number 10. Uh, it's The Fall of Reed Richards, and it's by Robinson and Mark Laming. Uh, I don't know who Mark Laming, Mark Laming is, but I do love James Robinson. And it leads into the Fantastic Four Annual by James Robinson and Tom Grummet. And um, it's Sue going to confront Dr. Doom about Valeria. So I'm interested to see what this is going to be like. But again, look at the price. $5. It is 40 pages, but man, stop it. Um, so many of your books are already $3.99. Don't start going up to $4.99. Uh, then we have Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, number 6. Um, which I guess ends this current storyline with Carrie Andrews. I'm super pumped for this. Um, then you have Electra number six, which is uh, the second arc with uh, Electra going up against the Assassin's Guild. Uh, I'm really loving this book by Hayden Blackman and Michael Del Mundo. I'm super pumped for this. Uh, issue seven of Captain Marvel, as we have uh, Mar- Marcio Takara joining Kelly Sue Deconic. I've been enjoying this, so I'm you know we'll see what a new a new artist does for it. Uh, we got Moon Knight number seven as we continue the second arc by Brian Wood and Greg Smallwood. Greg, Greg Smallwood, I don't know anything about his art, but I do like Brian Wood, and I'm interested to see what his take on this is going to be like. Although, it's too bad that we only got Warren Ellis for one arc. Uh, then we got Punisher number ten. Uh, now it looks like he's going to be uh, Punisher gets incarcerated in a South American prison, which we kind of already have in the current issue, but maybe after the crossover with Black Widow, he ends up back there. Um, Nathan Edmondson's also writing Black Widow number 10, which is Black Widow versus Hawkeye. Uh, again, Phil Nota has been d- knocking it out of the park in that, in that book. Uh, Silver Surfer number seven comes out, um, uh, which is by Dan Slott and Michael Alred. I am so in love with this book. The third issue was gorgeous. Um, this is everything, this is just such a fun book. There's a sense of fun. It doesn't feel like it's taking itself too seriously. It feels like a Marvel pop art production. I've said that before. It has a very 60s feel. It's fun. Uh, I'm, oh, I cannot wait for this. Uh, I got She-Hulk number eight by, uh, Charles Sewell and Javier Polito with, uh, She-Hulk taking on a new client, Captain America. This book has been absolutely fantastic and only two ninety nine. So, I mean, it's quite a value. Uh, Thor God of Thunder number 25 has an epic God-sized 25th issue which is, surprise surprise, four ninety nine by Jason Aaron with artwork by Esad Ribic, Simon Bisley and Rum Guerrera. Um, and also has the shocking fallout from Original Sin. I guess we haven't had an issue because we'll have had the Original Sin kind of what, 3.1 or 4.1 or whatever it is which tells the uh, story of Thor and I guess Loki finding out about their sister, who I think is supposed to be Angela. Anyway, I haven't really been following Thor, to be honest with you. Um, then we have the spinning out of the events of Original Sin. We have Nova, number 21, by Dugan and Baldion. I'm really loving their take on uh, Sam Alexander. I wish the book was two ninety nine, but it is a great book. Um, all new Ghost Rider, number 7. I still haven't read the new issue yet. By Felipe Smith and Damon Scott, or Damian Scott. Should be interesting. Again, a lot of three ninety nine books. Uh, Thunderbolt thirty one. Now, th- this is just weird. Only Ghost Rider, which doesn't really have as much name recognition these days as Thunderbolts. Only Ghost Rider is three ninety nine, but Thunderbolts itself is just two ninety nine. Just a weird decision. Uh, and it looks like it's Red Hulk versus the Punisher. It's by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker with G- Gerardo or Gerardo Sandoval on art. I uh, got Miracle Man number ten coming out. New issue of Daredevil by Mark Wade and Chris Somney as it continues to be just fantastic. The Purple Children, though, is that anything related to the Purple Man? I am excited to find out. Uh, Savage Hulk number four, as we have the conclusion to the Alan Davis's startling Savage Hulk story. I really like the first issue. It was fun. Uh, it's written, written and illustrated by Alan Davis. Uh, speaking of Hulk, we have Hulk number six, written by Jerry Dugan and Mark Bagley on art. Um, so after the original Sin storyline, now we have uh, Gary, uh, sorry, uh, the Omega Hulk, whatever that is. We also have Hulk Annual, which is surprise, surprise, four ninety nine, and someone close to the Hulk dies. But it's here's my thing. It's by Monty Nero, never heard of you, with Luke Ross and more on art. I feel like it may not be a consequential issue. I feel like someone's gonna die, but is it 
someone that is actually close to him and is really going to impact the Hulk on a regular ongoing basis in his ongoing book. We'll see about that. Uh, Miss Marvel number 8 by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. I just read the most recent issue. This is fantastic. Apparently, I guess Alfona is going to be taking an issue or two off, but this is the return of Adrian Alfona. But this book is just so much fun, and it's only $2.99. Uh, New Warriors drops two issues, uh, both three ninety nine. Uh, I like that the ish- the covers are by uh, Takeshi Mizawa- Miyazawa, who did uh, Spider Man Loves Mary Jane. I love his art, so I'm excited to see him come back. Um, so issues nine and ten are by Marcus Toe, and it looks like we have Justice and Scarlet Spider going to Houston, Texas together, and Scarlet Spider wants to just quit the team, and uh, they're taking the fight to the High Evolutionary. I wish this book wasn't three ninety nine. I wish it wasn't double shipping, but I love Scarlet Spider. Uh, Only Invaders, number 10. And it's the hunt for Toro, and maybe Jim Hammond might have been reprogrammed, and Kill Raven's in it, and it's the end of the Deathlock War and a Martian invasion. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, James Robinson and Steve Pugh, or Pugh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Pugh, does the art. Uh, then you have uh, George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act 2, number 1. Stephen King's The Dark Tower, The Drawing of the Three, The Prisoner, number 1 and 2. Written in, by Robin Firth and Peter David, as he returns to there. Uh, you got Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, and new issues of Figment. You have the Deadpool Biannual, uh, which is, again, four ninety nine for 40 pages. I guess this is their new standard, which is really frightening. Um, by Paul Shearer and Nick Gianovic. Giovanni Annetti, I don't know how to pronounce that, with Salva Espin on art. I'm never really sure what to expect from uh, Salva Espin on art. Uh, you have uh, Hawkeye versus Deadpool number zero. Okay, seriously, so it's a four issue miniseries, but it starts with issue zero, so it's really five issues. And it's four ninety nine for 40 pages. God damn it, Marvel. Uh, it's by Jerry Dugan with artwork by Matteo Loli. Uh, Deadpool. 34. I don't know why. It's a 40-page book. It's guest starring 90s Sabretooth, Alpha Flight, and 90s, has 90s artwork. Uh, Scott, Scott Kobush on arts. Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan are writing it. It's four ninety-nine again for 40 pages. Man. Uh, and I don't even know why it's a giant size, like a bigger book. Like Why is that? And then issue 35 by the same writers with uh, Mike Hawthorne on art. And, um, and it looks like there's a Spider Slayer and it's three ninety-nine. Whatever. Deadpool vs. X-Force concludes with uh, Swierzynski and Pepe Larraz working on it together. That could be fun. If it wasn't three ninety nine, I might pick it up. Uh, Storm, the ongoing by Greg Pak and Matteo Bufagni, could be really cool. I mean, absolutely, Storm deserves a shot at her own book. Uh, so we'll see. At least it's not four ninety nine. Uh, Uncanny X-Men 26 by Bendis and Bacallo. Um... Uh, I think it's after the original Sin tie-in, so it should, could be cool. Uh, all new X-Men 32. It looks like we got Miles Morales, but is is it the Ultimate Ultimate Universe? Is it something else? Is is it the version of uh, Miles Morales that it does exist in the, in the proper Marvel Universe? Who knows? Um, Mahmood as Ra doing the art, which is, a, I think he was doing Wolverine the X-Men, but he's jumping over to all new X-Men for an issue with Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, then for Wolverine the X-Men is written by Jason Latour with Robin, Robbie Rodriguez on art. And it looks like it's Quentin Quire's birthday. Okay, whatever. Uh, Cyclops number five. No, that's never a good sign. Written by Greg Rucka with artwork by TBA. TBA is totally my favorite artist. Uh, Nightcrawler number six. Claremont and Todd Nock. I'm really, really f- having a lot of fun with this book. So, I mean, I'm on this for the duration. Uh, Amazing X-Men number 11 by Kyle Yost writing and Barbarian art. Um, I've really been, I really love the first issue. It's too bad McGinnis isn't continuing. Uh, this is what port, part four or five of World War Wendigo. Uh, we're gonna have Alpha Flight in it. You know, again, sign me up. Savage Wolverine continues with issue 23. I haven't picked that up in forever. Uh, X Men number uh, 19. Brian Wood is gone. Now we have Mark Guggenheim writing with Harvey Tolobio on art. I'm not as big a fan of the artwork for Tolobio, but. I do like Guggenheim, so I'm going to give this a shot at least. Uh, X-Force, I have not been picking this up or reading it, and I can't say I can think of a reason to try. Uh, Only X-Factor Double Ships by Peter David and Pop Mon. Um, and it looks like it, the Inhumans are involved. Quicksilver and his daughter Luna. Uh, Warlock in Danger, so could be cool. Then we got United States of Murder, Inc., number 5 by Bendis and Oming. Um, 
And then there's a bunch of trades. We have the, the now I guess this is to coincide with the upcoming Powers Netflix original series, but we have the Powers Volume 1 Who Killed Retro Girl uh, trade paperback, as well as the second trade paperback role play. Uh, you have the Original Sin companion hardcover, which is 856 pages for 125 bucks. Uh, Miracle Man Volume 2 hardcover premiere. Uh, the Young Avengers by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey Omnibus. Uh, so all 15 issues and the material from the Marvel Now Point One issue for a nice tidy 50 bucks for 360 issues. Uh, the the uh, the next Ed Brubaker, Ed Brubaker Captain America Omnibus, which is the uh, Captain America the Trial of Captain America Omnibus. It's unfortunate because it concludes it goes up to from Captain America Reborn and Captain America 602 all the way up to Captain America number 10 of the relaunch book. But I believe that. He kept going, so there's like it's not going to actually end with his with his arc, as far as I'm as I know. Uh, Iron Man Volume Five hardcover rings the Mandarin. Uh, now this I kind of wish I, I could buy it, but I already have the three Ultimate Size collections, and I probably shouldn't. But it's the Deadpool and Cable Omnibus by Fabian Nicaza. Um Again, I have all 50 issues already in the trade, so I probably won't pick this up. But something about it I do find interesting. Uh, now this one I pre-ordered already. It's the X Men Inferno Prologue. It basically is taking the place of uh, filling the gaps between Follow the Mutants and Inferno. Uh, there have already been hardcovers for that, so this one goes in, the, in between. It collects, what, uh, six issues of X-Factor and an annual, uh, 11 issues of Uncanny X-Men, uh, nine issues of uh, New, New Mutants plus an annual, and, uh, plus an X-Men annual, plus uh, Marvel Age annual material and material from Marvel Fanfare number 40. 824 pages. 125 is a little steep, but I'm really pumped for it. Uh, Marvel Masterworks is the Mighty Thor Volume 5 trade paperback and the Mighty Thor Volume 13 hardcover. Uh, Craven's Last Hunt has now a prose graph, uh, prose novel by Nick Clyde. Um, the, we have uh, to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Marvel. There's the first volumes of the Epic Collections for Marvel. So you have Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection, Great Power which is the first 17 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. You have the Moon Knight Epic Collection, which is the first original appearances of Moon Knight. That's actually pretty exciting. 504 pages for 40 bucks is a good deal. Thor Epic Collection, The God of Thunder. Again, Journey into Mystery, 83 to 109. Uh, you have, And I think it's going to continue next month uh, with more of these Volume 1s. Uh, you have the Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, the Parker Luxury Paperback now. This is actually coming out... It's being solicited in September, but I guess so is issue six, which it collects as well. I like the price though, eighteen bucks for six issues these days. That's not bad. I mean, that's three dollars. Three dollars. Usually they're more than that. So at least if you bought them at retail, you know you're probably paying what four and at four bucks an issue, so twenty four dollars plus. I think the first one was double sized, so you're paying like twenty five bucks. So you're actually you know saving money, which you don't usually do anymore because they overprice these things. Speaking of overpricing, if the Hulk Volume One Banner DOA trade paperback, four issues—it's got four issues in an annual, so five issues total for eighteen bucks. Not as good a deal, but at least it's not super expensive, and it's not going to hardcover first. Uh, Moon Knight uh, Volume One from the Dead, six issues for eighteen bucks. Uh, that's the entire Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey uh, arc. Uh, Captain Marvel has the first trade paperback of uh, the new relaunch. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy finally hits uh, Volume 2, Angela, in trade paperback. Uh, Only X Factor, because that book just can't come out fast enough, it already has its second trade coming out and being solicited, uh, which is six issues, which is 7 to 12. Uh, X Men Volume 3, Bloodline by Brian Wood and Clay Mann, which is just a fantastic book. Uh, that's coming out at six issues for $18. Uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, Out of the Past, trade paperback. Uh, it's collecting. The new miniseries, which is four, uh, four issues, which right away at $17, it's just a little bit above the original retail, but it also collects material from Deadly Hands of Kung Fu 1 and 32 to 33. So I like that it's getting this classic material by Jerry Conway and Chris Claremont. Uh, for those who love Dupe, they're the all-new Dupe trade paperback, which I am not a fan. Um, all-new Ghost Rider finally gets a trade. Ultimate FF gets their entire book uh, in a trade paperback. The all-new Ultimates first arc gets uh, put together. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm super excited about this. It's the Marvel's Companion trade paperback, mainly because one of my favorite um, miniseries of all time, which I almost no one knows about. It's called, um, oh my god, what is it called? Conspiracy. Uh, I think it's from like 
late 90s. Anyways, this Marvel's Companion has nothing to do with Marvel's. It's just Marvel stories that are kind of inspired in that era when people wanted to kind of mimic the style of Marvel's. That's really its only connection. Uh, it has Tales of the Marvel's Blockbuster, Tales of the Marvel's Inner Demons, Tales of the Marvel's Wonder Years 1 to 12, Code of Honor 1 to 4, Conspiracy Number 1 to 2, and Ruins 1 to 2. That being said, I have already pre ordered it anyway. Uh, you got Deathlock the Demolisher, the Complete Edition, which I'm interested in getting because I've never really read a lot of the classic uh, Luther Manning Deathlock issues. And so maybe this is a good chance to finally, you know, kind of get the complete collection all in one spot. Uh, then you have New Mutants and X-Force Demon Bear. It's kind of a weird collection because it has New Mutants 18 to 20, then X-Force 99, and then material from the 2008 X-Force series 7 to 10. It's just a weird smattering of stuff. Kind of loosely based. I mean, obviously it all relates to the Demon Bear, but come on. like That's stretching it, I think, a little. Um, Spider-Man, the newspaper strips, trade paperback volume 2. I already have the hardcover, so I'm not going to need this. Uh, Marvel Zombies, the complete collection, volume 3. Man, I didn't realize they made that much material. And finally, the Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man, volume 7, Digest. So, whew, that is Marvel and DC for September 2014. Thank you for listening to this long and prattling uh, episode. Uh, I am your host, Adam Chapman. Thank you for bearing with me throughout. Our next episode will be our reviews episode coming out in a couple days. Usually it would come out around... June 30th, July 1st, but in Canada, July 1st is Canada Day, so it may not actually end up happening, but uh, happy birthday to Canada. And uh, then episode 180 may or may not end up being the Transformers Age of Extinction episode where we talk about that movie. At this point, I'm not really sure when I'm going to have a chance to see it or who I'm going to end up seeing it with, uh, or if Paul Scorez and Chris Lucas will, if either one of them will be able to be on the podcast or not. Uh, if not, uh, I might take up AJ Reese for, on his offer to force him to see the movie to then be able to podcast with me about the movie. Uh, so that's the next two episodes, and then we'll see where we go from there. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to the episode. I'm your host, of, as always, Adam Chapman. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. Let us know um, where what country you're from when you give us the rating and review, and then I'll read it uh, aloud on the show. I need to be able to find it, which is why I need you to tell me which country you're from. And then if you can also uh, subscribe to us, that'd be great, so we can uh, try and uh, make the show more popular and get more uh, people listening to it. And uh, additionally, if you can post in our HC Realm thread, that'd be fantastic. Get the conversation going. I want to know what you people think of the show, if you enjoy the episode or not. Um, and that is everything. So once again, thank you very much, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.